I am so incredibly excited for you guys to meet Kendra Joyner. She is an amazing director of children's ministry. She is so incredibly wise. I learned so much from her. I respect her so much. She'll just be talking and all of a sudden she'll say something incredibly profound. I love how she works with so many different kids. I love her heart for kids. I love her heart for Jesus. She will do anything that she can to help kids grow in maturity. And she's had so many years of experience doing it. She is such a treasure, and I cannot wait for y'all to hear what she has to tell us today. All right. Hi, I'm here with my friend, Kendra. She is the children's minister at Green Street Baptist Church. She's been a children's minister for 18 years and is absolutely amazing. She does such an amazing job of loving kids, of discipling them, of pouring into them. And I asked her recently what the most common question was that she got from parents. And one of them was, um, probably the most question that I get is how do I disciple or how do I share the gospel with my kids clearly so that they understand it and it's really just a clarity of how to do it. All right. So when they ask you, what do you tell them? How do they? How do you encourage them to tell their so, kids? So um, the way that I encourage them is that I give them scripture to read through where they talk about how man is sinful and we go through Romans three twenty three for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, and then we go to Romans 6:23 for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Because if the kids don't understand that they are sinful and that our payment for sin should be death, um, then the rest of it's not going to make sense for them when you share the gospel. So um, we do that, and then we talk about how God is holy and how he loves us. And then we talk about John 3:16 and how he loved us enough to give us his son, Jesus, to die in our place so that we may have eternal life. Um, and then we talk about how um, not only that, but that he had to die on the cross. There wasn't anybody else that could be on the cross but Jesus um, because he lived a perfect, sinless life. And the rest of us in the world, we all sin. Mommy and Daddy sin. Um, Pastor sin. Miss Kendra sins. You sin. Everybody around you sin. So it's important for kids to understand that. Um, part of it and then we talk about there's a belief and there's a trust part where we have to let God be in control of all of our life and not just the parts we want him to be in control of I love that yeah so one of the things that I do with sin because so many times I feel like in America we can think if I don't kill someone if I don't steal big things if I just do a few little things and a lot of good things then I'm going to be okay. Because so many people, whenever I'm sharing the gospel with kids, they're like, well, you don't need a savior. You're not doing anything really bad. I've never done anything too bad. And so one thing I do is math with them. (laughs) And I'll say, let's pretend I'm this really good person that only sinned three times a day. And I'm 44 years old now. How many times have I sinned? And it's almost 50,000 times, Mm -hmm. even if I was that good of a person. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, you're not quite as good as you thought you were. And that verse um, in Ephesians, mm-hmm. for by grace we have been saved through faith. Yes. Not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. So how do they make sure that they understand what sin is? So one way that we talk about it when we talk about sin is we talk about how it's anything that we do that is disobeying God. So a lot of times what I use is the example of a cookie jar 
or cookies, fresh baked cookies. Most kids love that. <clears throat> and my mom did that as I was growing up. Um, she would make them as we came home from school. So the house smelled good and they were warm. And then she would say, all right, we need to leave these until dinner time. I know they're going to be tempting, but don't touch them until after dinner. They're dessert. Or they might would be for an after-school snack, and she needed them to cool first. And inevitably, one of us, there are four in my family, four kids, um, would go and eat one. And then she would have to talk about us being sinful <laughs> um, and how we disobeyed her. And that's part of disobeying God is that she gave us a rule, and we did not follow it. The same way things happen with God is that he gives us rules to follow and obey to love him. And sometimes we disobey them. Sometimes it can be not listening to mom and dad. Sometimes it can be um, doing something you know is not kind to your friend, like hitting your friend. And so it can be the mundane things that they don't think are really bad. It might be an accident, right? But our heart is sinful. We have a sinful nature. And we're born that way. We're born as a baby. We're cute. We don't have to be taught no. That's one of the first words we learn as as a child growing up. Um, and so, um, and it's because that sinful nature comes out even through our actions. And so that's how we talk about sin, that it's not just the big things like the Ten Commandments mentioned, mm-hmm. that it's the little things too in how we behave in the world around us. Yeah, that's such a good example that's relatable to kids mm-hmm. too. I love that. Mm-hmm. So for the trust part, yes, how do you explain that part to kids? So when we talk about trust, we talk about, we use um, Acts 1631 and we talk about how we have to believe and trust that Jesus died and then I go into the explanation that not only did Jesus die on the cross for our sins like he had to um, go on the cross he had to die he had to be buried but on the third day he rose again and that's what makes him different than anybody else in the world because no one else has risen on the third day everybody else has died and so that we trust that we trust that God has done the things that he said he would do just as the Bible talks about. So in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, it talks through the scripture and that's exactly what it says according to the scriptures that Christ was, he died, he was buried and on the third day he rose again. And that's exactly what happened. He did exactly what he said. And so we trust that the scriptures are true because of that. And so that means that Jesus did everything God asked of him to do on our behalf. And so when we want to follow him, we trust that God's already done that because it's even recorded in scripture, that it's not just something we made up ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And for the control part, giving up control. Yes. Do you have a certain way that you... <laughs> yes, I do. So we talk about how we have to allow the Lord to be in control of all parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I use myself as an example. So I remember the Lord calling me into ministry when I was in college. And I sat through a service in church and the Holy Spirit was getting a hold of me and saying, I'm going to be in control of all of your life and what that looks like. And at that point, I had just started college. I thought I was going into nursing. I thought I was going to be making lots of money because that's what I was told in the nursing world. You would make lots of money. I know that's not the truth now. But, you know, as a 17, 18-year-old, you thought that was the truth, right? And, and my as a parents, nurse, I know it's not. Right. And my parents totally thought, oh, she's going to have it made, right? Um, and then... The Lord got a hold of me. I started nursing school and hated every moment of it because it wasn't where the Lord wanted me to be. And I was sitting in service, and I could not sit still. And the Lord was saying, go forward. I've got you. And I didn't know what that looked like being a female and being called into ministry because that wasn't really modeled for me well. Um, 
we had two females that were on staff at my home church that I grew up in during my teenage years. One was a minister of education, one was the children's minister. But I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's really what I want to do. Yeah. So um, I started out going, okay, Lord, if you're in control of all things in my life, what does that look like? And so he has written my story for me. I did not write it. I started out, actually, my undergrad degree is in music. So I started out as a minister of music and children in my first full-time church position. And then the Lord did a work within that church and decided they wanted to um, focus on families by having some prayer time for 90 days. And they came back and said, we want you to give up the music portion of your job and take on families and children full-time. And so I said, yes, the Lord totally wrote the story. I was on staff at that church for eight years and invested in lots of families and loved every minute of it. It was a great time of growth for me. And then um, from there, he has just written my story and written all of the places that he's brought me to um, to serve as only he could do. And so it means that I allow him to be in control even when I don't know the answers. And that's the same thing for kids. Like we don't have to have all the answers. Um, another way that I explain it is that I use a pot and I have a plant normally in my office where we meet and we talk about how there's dirt and you put a seed but what happens after that and what does it need when we grow in our understanding of who God is and the control he has over us and so we talk about how it needs air and it needs water and it needs sun but the biggest thing it needs is time yeah and so when we walk with Christ when we say, yes, Lord, I want you to be in control of all things, we're just at the beginning of a journey that he gets to write the story for us. I love that example. That's also really relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's been able to pour into many kids over the years. And so through your faithfulness and obedience to God's call in your life, many more kids know Jesus now, you know? That is my prayer that it is all for God's glory, not yes. for my own at all. And then after this, because I had never heard baptism explained to Mm -hmm. a kid the way that you explain it to kids. So once kids do pray, well, first, before we do that part, how about, how did the parents know? Because I know with my first child, I was like, is she saved? Does she really understand? How do you help parents walk through that understanding? So what I do is we talk about it as a puzzle and that... The Lord doesn't give us everything we need to know all at one time. So even if they're young, we just had one that was kindergarten that just accepted Christ and was baptized. And I explained with their parents that um, this is just the beginning of a journey. And so just like the plant, it takes time. Just like um, when you start reading the Bible, it takes time to understand it all. It doesn't come just all automatically. And that's not what we should expect of kids we should expect them to grow and learn just like they do in school they don't know it all in kindergarten when they start they don't know it all in fifth grade when they finish in elementary school right so same thing with us if we're going to walk a relationship out with Christ for a lifetime then it takes a lifetime of growth and learning Mm -hmm. and so for parents when they come to me they say I don't know I don't know if they're ready I'm like remember the Lord honors childlike faith and so because of that we want that childlike faith to grow with enthusiasm and learning who he is and Mm -hmm. not to just stifle it and say wait until you're older and we do have some we have some that say I don't think they're ready okay well that's your decision and that's okay 
but don't stifle it. Let the Lord continue working. And yes. sometimes I will say if they're, they don't think they're ready, and especially if they're missing that sin piece of things, mm-hmm. then I say we have another puzzle piece that needs to come together that's not there yet. And the kids get it, and they're fine with that. And then they'll come and say, how many more puzzle pieces do I need, Miss Kendra? <laughs> <laughs> and I just say, we let the Lord work that out. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and being able to just have them explain it back to me, yes. that helps me. Because I want to make yes. sure that they can explain to me exactly right. how you're saved, what sin is, mm-hmm. what trust looks like. Because just if you can teach someone else, I feel like you really understand it. Right. So I have them teach it back to me, and that helps me as a parent know that my child does fully yes. understand. Well, and I also ask open-ended questions where I'm not giving answers. They're giving me what they know and what they can see from Scripture. We read the Scripture together. So, And I just have Mom and Dad in the room. Mom and Dad are not answering anything. They're mm-hmm. just there to be observers that day um, because I want them to experience if they have not prayed to accept Christ and they're ready, I don't want them to miss that opportunity because yes. that's the greatest gift you can give a parent is yes. for their child following Christ. Very so. much so. Okay, so now they've accepted Jesus. They've understood it. Parents feel comfortable. The parents want them to be baptized. How do you explain baptism to kids? So baptism, I had a great example that shared this with me, and I've used it for most of my ministry, honestly. Um, And it's where I use the wedding ring as an example. So um, if mom and dad have on a wedding band, I ask, mom and dad, do you take it off to wash your hands? And then I ask the child, if mom and dad takes off their wedding band to wash their hands or maybe take a shower, um, are they still married to each other? And they all say yes. And so then I tell them that it's the same thing that happens with baptism. It's an outward symbol to the rest of the world of a covenant they have made to be married to each other. Baptism does the same thing. It's a symbol to the rest of the church body or to the world that you have made a decision to follow Christ. And so it's not what saves you. It's the thing. It's the symbol to the rest of the world of what commitment you have made so the church can walk alongside of you and help disciple you as you continue to grow in who Christ is and who he's called you to be. Yes, because so many times I've had kids think that they're not saved before baptism or that they have to be saved for that. But it's that step Mm -hmm. of showing that you have accepted Jesus as your Savior. Right, and that's just a faith part of it. I mean, you're, you're stepping out in faith to let the world know of the decision that you've made. The other thing that I challenge kids with is that they have to go and tell because that's biblical. God says, go tell the world. So they have to go and tell two people. And I say one can be a family member and one can be somebody not in your family. So it has to be at school, at church, in your community, somewhere else. Somebody else needs to know that you have made the decision to follow Christ. That is such a good idea as well. Because once we do accept Jesus, and especially at first, I mean, everybody's so excited. Mm -hmm. And to go out and to spread that enthusiasm and to be able to tell others about Jesus. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Right. Make disciples and tell other people about Jesus. That's right. So do you have any other tips for parents? I would say don't hurry the process and let the Lord's timing be there. Because that is probably the best thing. I have several parents that will come to me and say, well, they haven't accepted Christ yet. What are they waiting on? They're waiting on the Holy Spirit to be in control first (laughs) and to recognize their sinful nature. And he'll get there with them. So you just give them that time that they need. Some some kids are young. Some kids are older. And it's fine. The Lord knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine have accepted Jesus at different ages. And I think it just has become very apparent from they just 
become very burdened about knowing mm-hmm. Jesus. It's just something that they become very serious about mm-hmm. rather than just being reciting the Bible stories, right. telling about God, but it becomes where it becomes very real to them and they realize mm-hmm. that they need a Savior. And at that point, then I know that they're they're ready. And there are some kids that have started, I can tell that they're burdened, but they still haven't completely understood right. it. Like they realize their need for, they realize that they sin, but they don't realize they need for a Savior mm-hmm. or what it actually looks like to be the Savior. And that just takes a little more time and understanding right. for some kids to be able to get there. And I don't think that there's, you know, just if they're able to parrot it, not parrot it back, but if they're able to explain it back and yes. teach it back to you, then that shows me that yes. they do understand. Yeah. And once they understand, we want them mm-hmm. to be able to make that decision and to be able to start living lives for Jesus because the sooner that they can, the better. You know, that way they can have all that time to learn and to grow and Right. So we talk about that, too, about how when they come to faith as a young child, they have a lifetime to live for Christ. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, um, we've had some that have done it on their deathbed and they have a few hours to live for Christ. So um, you want to you don't want to stifle that. You want to encourage that growth and that hunger that comes with it, too. Yes, you do. And I think, too, from statistics that I've been reading, kids are choosing to accept or reject earlier in age. And so I think it is really Mm -hmm. important that children do hear about God. God's not a God of statistics, and he can save anyone mm-hmm. at any age. Right. I did oncology nursing and hospice nursing, and I have seen deathbed confessions that were mm-hmm. 100% true. Right. And I'm so thankful for the thief on the cross mm-hmm. who we know yes. Jesus said was going to be in paradise. That has brought so much comfort to so many people who otherwise would not have thought that they could have been saved. Right. But to be able to do it... At an earlier age, like you said, you've got longer to live for Jesus. Um, but the important thing is that we just do at some point. Make him yes. our Savior, right? That's so. right. That's right. Anything else for growth? How would you encourage them to, once their children do know Jesus, how do you encourage them to make sure that they're growing in their walk with him? So one thing that we do is that we um, give them a gift. So we just did a baptism Sunday yesterday, and we have um, eight kids that will be here Sunday morning that we give them a gift in the children's ministry. And it's a discipleship book where they learn to walk um, daily with Christ and read his word daily. And we want that. We want them to have that hunger and to want to read and learn. And so um, we give it to them and say, this is a year's worth of devotions for you to do um, every day um, and to walk it out five days a week with your family. And then the other thing that we do is not only do we encourage them to be in the Word together, but we encourage their families to talk about it. We Mm -hmm. want them to do that. And then in a few um, weeks, so we try to do it two months after they've been baptized because it gives them time to kind of process some things, we do a new believers class with them where we walk through what is the church and why are we a part of the church and what does that look like in our world. Yes, and I think that that is so important Mm -hmm. to be in the Bible every day. You know that that is my passion. Yes, Yes. (laughs) I think that that is just absolutely vital, and even for kids. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times we think that kids are capable of less than they are. Right. You know, not that we want it to be difficult. We always want it to be something that they desire and Mm -hmm. something that they want to do and that they long to do. But 
from age three up, I start having quiet times with my kids, mm-hmm. even before they're believers. And it has to be with me at first, you know, yeah. so that they can do something. But I think it's just incredibly important that the more that they are exposed to God's word, I want them to know the truths in the Bible. I want them to have a firm foundation. I want mm-hmm. them to understand what the Bible says. Because in today's world, I feel like there's this amoralism where mm-hmm. it's just whatever situation you're in, that then you can choose what's right and wrong, and that's what's being fed to them. And so they've got to know that there is a moral right and wrong, that there is one truth, not right. my truth, not your truth, right. but there's one truth, and it's Jesus's truth, and that's found in the Bible. That's right. So I that's love right. that you do that. But the other thing we have to remember, too, is that God's Word doesn't return void. And that's so correct. it doesn't yes. matter how old they are, they can still grasp something. And think about the way that you do or the way that my family did growing up when we read stories i remember like in elementary school learning one thing about maybe the story of david right and then reading it again when i was in college and something else popping out at me that i had missed before so you can't don't just say oh they're not going to understand that read it and let the lord do what he can do and let it come alive for them the way it needs to at whatever age exactly and my fifth graders have been Mm -hmm. reading the bible during the week and the amount of insight that they have been able to give the past few weeks mm-hmm. in Sunday school where they've been pulling from what they've been learning during the week mm-hmm. has been just such a joy to see. They Kids can really and truly understand stuff, and you can help them right. when they can't. You know, as parents, that's what we can be doing to make sure that they're in God's Word. And it's okay to raise the bar. Raise that bar so that there's a higher standard so that... If they miss that bar, it's fine. They are at least higher than where they were when they started. Yes, exactly. And I just, and I truly am very convicted right now that in this world, our kids need to know the truth. Mm -hmm. They just, it's not the same as whenever my grandparents were growing up. It's not the same as whenever I was growing up. There's so much media and other influences they're exposed to. And a biblical worldview is hard to find. And yet a biblical worldview is just incredibly critical for their life. So getting them to where they believe in Jesus yes. and then that growth through right. the Bible. Yes. Any other tips for us, Kendra? Um, just do it with joy. Yes. Do it with joy. And love. And love. Yes. And love. Yes. Yep. So joy and love. Well, thank you so You're much, welcome. my friend. You're welcome.